Well, it's that time of year. You know, the weather's nice. People are out on the patios. Everyone looks like they're having a good time. The beach is nice, you know, sitting in the backyard, watching the sun go down, enjoying the heat. And usually it screams, why don't you have a beer with that? Or maybe a glass of wine or a drink or something along those lines. Um, But what if you're trying to cut down a little bit? What if you had a few too many over the long weekend, or maybe you're just trying to cut back a bit. Um, well, it turns out there are lots of options out there that allow you to still have a drink in your hand, but an alcohol-free one. Um, many options, an increasing number of options. I was noticing how many uh, microbreweries now, smaller breweries, are making low or no alcohol beer these days. I haven't tried much of it. Some of it's great. I remember back in the old days, it wasn't so great. So it's nice to see uh, options out there. Well, joining me now with more on this to inspire you, if you need some inspiration, is Sarah Kate of somegoodcleanfun.com. She's also an alcohol-free sommelier. Sarah, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me this evening. Um, summertime, you know, you can always, you always think about uh, sitting out on the patio or looking out over something nice with a drink in your hand, sun shining, you know, it, it sort of goes hand in hand. I guess that must be a, a time of year where you need to, if you're trying to stay dry July, dry in July, uh, it's, a, it's a time to, uh, to start to think about what the impact of summer might be on that. Yeah, and this is something that I hear really, really regularly from my community. You know, they've, they have decided to rethink drinking. And so that can take a lot of different forms, you know, whether they uh, quit 100% or, you know, just uh, are moderating throughout the week and really rethinking the, uh, the role of alcohol in their lives that they're doing, a, you know, uh, they're happy with their progress. And then bam, patio weather hits. And they say, I can't, you know, I just I can't, I can't get through it. You know, everybody else is drinking around me. And there's it's sunny. We're on a patio. We're out looking out over the ocean, perhaps. And, um, you know, so I, I, they say, oh, I decided to have a drink. And so I, you know, no judgment, obviously. And, and um, you know, you're not always going to score 100% on every test. But I always question kind of, you know, how deep this is embedded in our psyche, um, the connection between warm weather and drinking. And it's something that comes up time and time again. It really seems to be a struggle for so many people. Yeah. What are some of the options then to try to, uh, to accommodate that, to both enjoy yourself, even if you're around lots of people out drinking, patios are full, right? It's always invite. I think it's even more inviting as part of the, part of the issue. You sort of, there's something going on and if, you know, often it's patios and pubs and restaurants, right? Uh, what are some of the ways to, uh, to tackle it? You know what, I actually I have a little sort of like go to strategies that worked for me, these aren't going to work for everybody. But what I kind of say when I was going through this, I, I, you know, have gone through this will be my third summer now of rethinking drinking. And the first thing I started to do was really to play the tape forward. So I started really thinking about, you know, how is this worth it for me? Is it worth me feeling like that 15 minutes of happiness? And, you know, will I, um, you know, will I feel good about my choice two hours from now when I'm feeling a bit cranky after having a pint or whatever? Um, You know, the other thing that I also started to do is I started to disconnect my actions from other people's actions. So it doesn't have to be your choice. It does not have to be your choice. And so I started really thinking about that, that I want to be firm in my choice and I'm not going to let other people's um, choices dictate. And again, no judgment to those for those other people, but I really was clear. I had to get really clear on like, what was my, what was my decision 
I didn't want to have a glass of wine because I knew I wasn't going to feel good afterwards. And so I sort of disconnected the, the, the fear of missing out, I guess you could say. So, but there are options. I mean, we were just at, uh, out looking the other day at sort of mocktails and things you can drink that are summer drinks that don't involve alcohol, but it can bring some of that, uh, bring some of that cheer or, you know, spirit of the season uh, to a glass anyway. That is very, very true. And this is, this is an area that, and I, I, we, you know, we've sort of talked about this before for people who have heard me on the show before, this is a booming industry. When I say booming, it is, it is growing faster than almost any other market category, you know, in the, in the food and drinks, the food and beverages uh, world for a very long time. So we're talking not just about uh, non-alcoholic beers, which have been very common in the grocery stores up until now. Um, over the last two years, there's been a huge surge in non-alcoholic spirits, non-alcoholic wine, non-alcoholic beer, craft beer. Uh, Canadians are really great at that, making non-alcoholic craft beer. But also the other the other area that's really starting to boom is ready-to-drink cocktails, non-alcoholic cocktails. So things that come in a can and which is perfect for this type of weather. So if you're out at a boat, for instance, I always say to people, find some ready to drinks and bring them with you and put them in the cooler with everybody else's stuff. And then you don't feel like you're missing out. And you've got some really great, there are tons of really great gin and tonics in a can. Um, You know, the mojitos that are out there right now in, in cans are a little bit sweet, too sweet for me. But some people may like that, but there's lots of choices. And, and any advice just when trying to pick one out? Maybe you haven't tried one before. I've had a few. Some of them are great. Some of them aren't so great. You know, it's a, bit, it's a little bit hit or miss. I think it depends on your palate too. As you've mentioned, sometimes you're expecting a certain um, taste and it's not that, right? It doesn't taste like alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the one thing I always, so there's two things. Number one, you have to approach it with the mindset of, it's not going to have the alcohol burn in it because there's no alcohol in it. What you're, what you're replicating is the experience of having an elevated non-alcoholic adult drink. So I tend to stay away from the term mocktail. There's nothing wrong with that word, but I like to clarify that it's a very elevated, these are elevated non-alcoholic adult beverages. And so you are trying to replicate the experience of having a drink and you're not, the burn isn't going to be there from alcohol, but all the other wonderful things that you like in cocktails, alcohol is only one small part of a well-made cocktail. And so that's number one. Number two, yes, it's hit or miss it's really hit or miss on what your taste buds are. So for instance, I really love um, a type of non-alcoholic sparkling wine from a company called uh, Lights. It's a winery called Lights. And um, it's a Riesling, a sparkling Riesling. And it's it's wonderful. But I know people who prefer the rosé version of that sparkling wine. And I think that that's too sweet. So you have to really invest in trying things and um, experimenting. There's lots of, you know, on, at somegoodcleanfun.com, I've got a list of where to buy alcohol free in Canada. And there's lots of um, options, West Coast, East Coast, Ontario. Um, there. So the other, the third thing I was going to say, which I've all, I always kind of laugh about with people is you're, when you have a non-alcoholic ready to drink or cocktail or glass of wine, um, and it tastes so close to the real thing, it's very disconcerting because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're waiting for the, the, that pleasant buzz you get after about five minutes, right? And the 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 feeling of of um, that the the things that the alcohol does to your body, and it never comes. So it's very it's very disconcerting if you're not used to it. 
Are there some, you, you mentioned wine. Wine is always a big popular summer drink, white, especially rosé, especially. Are there any other good ones out there that you might recommend to people if they're out there looking for, uh, for something tasty to have either on the patio or have with, have with a meal? Yeah, actually. So um, there's a, there's a company that um, it's a brand called Smoky Bay and it's, a, it's an imported wine from Australia and they are, they're being imported into uh, Quebec and bottled. So the juice is actually imported in, into Quebec and bottled in Quebec and it's called Smoky Bay. You can order that through Upside Drinks. It's one of the only places that sells Upside Drinks. But for me, that's one of my top picks for the summer. They make a Chardonnay, a Rosé and a Shiraz. And most people who have tried the Rosé have said it's it's absolutely fantastic. So it's UpsideDrinks.com is where you can look for Smoky Bay. Um, the other, uh, the other wine I mentioned is the, the lights Eins Y zero is the brand and you can get that at, at a, uh, a bunch of different places. Again, there's a list on my website and it's uh, it's a winery in Germany and they've been doing this for 10 years and they're sort of market leaders in this area and they make a Riesling, a Rosé uh, and a Pinot Noir and they're all excellent substitutes for, um, you know, having a, a steak, having a hamburger, having some pizza, um, you know, there's, again, with wine, though, you have to try, try things and see what you like. I really love the Smoky Bay Chardonnay, but I have had um, women who have tried it and said, you know, it's too, you know, they're they not Chardonnay lovers to begin with. So they, they didn't really love it. But um, those are a couple that I really enjoy. And the German wine is lights. It's L-I-L-I. L- oh, sorry. L-E-I-T-Z is the, oh, the winery. Yeah. yeah. And the brand is Eins Y Zero. And um, so if you go to somegoodcleanfun.com, there should be, uh, you know, best wines in Canada link somewhere on there. And it's, it's, it's there or click on any of the marketplaces under where to buy. And there should be, um, it's it sold at most, most of the online marketplaces at this point. Great. I've noticed that Everybody and there's a lot of microbreweries in uh, in in Victoria, tons actually on Vancouver Island. Almost all of them now have uh, either a low alcohol or no alcohol option this year. It seems to have really exploded, uh, and, and and where everyone has one, I gather they're getting better and better too. Yes, Canadians are doing really great, uh, a really great job at making non-alcoholic craft beer. This is the one place where we're really leading. And I don't remember what the exact number is, but the actual market, like the category itself of non-alcoholic beer has, you know, has grown like 350% over the last year, which is absolutely crazy. Um, But it just goes to show, uh, I think it was the New York Times uh, just wrote an article, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, is, is non-alcoholic beer just a trend? It's not a trend. When you see all these small microbreweries, as you, as you noticed, creating a low alcohol beer or a non-alcohol beer, they're seeing that there's a demand for it and they're responding to that demand and low alcohol. I, I, I always forget to say, you know, there are low alcohol options too. So if you don't want a completely non-alcoholic beer, which is 0.5% and under, there are lots of, you know, newer beers out there that are 2.5%, 3%. And so if you're rethinking drinking and not ready to commit to complete dry, dry July, that's also a good option. Any good ones out there that you've found of late? You know what? I love uh, Nani, and I think I may have mentioned this on our St. Patrick's Day show, but <laughs> Nani is, uh, it's actually from the West Coast, and they make a Pilsner that is absolutely great, and it's it's a very small operation. They just have two products, and it's, you know, run by two brothers, and I, I'm telling you, like, that is just such a great, easy-drinking beer. Um, there's a, a bit of a bigger 
a brewery called Libra, which is out on the East Coast, and they make now four different types of um, four four to six different types of um, non-alcoholic beer, and they are now starting to become more widely available. And I would say their uh, hazy IPA and their pale ale are just really excellent for sort of any any sort of easy drinking easy drinking and um, any type of food or you know if you're if you're uh, having some pizza. Any t- they have a whole bunch of different types of beer that, that go with whatever you're eating. And so those are kind of two that I love. And then um, if you're in Toronto, Rival House is a new, a new um, they're an online marketplace and they've started making their own non-alcoholic beer. And my husband swears by their pale ale. So if you're in, if you love pale ale, you're going to really enjoy the Rival House pale ale. So some suggestions there, Nani, Libra, and Rival House in Toronto. Sarah Kate, as always, thank you for uh, for sharing the spirit of the season with us in a dry way. And mm-hmm. uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. I'm sure it's going to be a nice one. And thanks for presenting listeners with so many options for uh, for ways they can uh, still enjoy a drink without enjoying, without necessarily having to turn to the alcohol this year. Thank you so much for having me and have a wonderful evening, everyone.